Hello and welcome to the Chapter and Verse podcast. My name is Kenneth Paget, and I teach a Wednesday night Bible study at Christ the King Grace in Polly's Island, South Carolina. And this podcast is intended to be something of a recap of the previous Wednesday's teaching. Um, the idea here is for folks who are joining in uh, somewhere along the way, they'll have the ability to catch up on on where we've been in our study. And or um, if somebody misses a week, uh, they'll have this as a brief um, recap of, of the Wednesday that they might have missed. Um, so that's the intention with this podcast. If you're finding this somehow on the web, um, just know that that this is a podcast. You're welcome to, to listen along. Um, but this is a podcast intended as a recap for folks who are just joining in on in the in-person Bible study on Wednesday nights at the church or um, somebody who's catching up a week that they may have missed. So um, I'm hoping in the future that uh, I'll have Patrick Weber on to echo some of the conversation points and questions that came up in the previous Wednesday's teachings. So uh, the way it is, the, the way it goes is that I teach um, the text and then we engage in conversations or questions. Um, however, uh, it's pretty informal in that way. So however it comes up, but sometimes we, we run into some, some great questions and some great discussion points that even I wasn't anticipating, um, but they end up being really, really good. And so when we have those moments, um, Patrick Weber will, will join us. He is the uh, missions intern at Christ the King Grace, and he also teaches the students. So, and he comes to the Wednesday night Bible study. So um, please, if you're in Pauly's Island and you're hearing this, you're welcome to join us on Wednesday nights at 5.30, 5.30 to 6.30. We have snacks and drinks and we have childcare. So please, please come along or bring someone along. That's fine. Um, and, uh, yeah, so what I'm going to do in this particular episode is we're going through the book of Genesis and we are going chapter by chapter. So next week we'll be in chapter 12. Um, this past summer we, um, went through Genesis one through 11 and I'm going to recap Genesis one through 11 here in this episode um, that's what we did last week is I kind of recapped us for where, you know, where we had been in the summer um, as we launch into a chapter by chapter journey through um, Genesis, uh, starting with uh, chapter 12 uh, next week. So please um, join along. Let's let, let's get into the text. All right. So Genesis 1 through 11. Um, there's a lot here and, and this is recap podcast is going to be brief because you really need to understand Genesis 1 through 11 to understand the rest of Genesis and definitely to understand the rest of the Bible. Some foundational uh, realities are, are embedded in these first 11 chapters. This is a literary chunk. Um, and then there's a second literary chunk in Genesis called, uh, where that is Genesis 12 through 50. And that is the the patriarchal narrative, so Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and then and then ending in Joseph as the people go down into Egypt. Um, but why? Why did why why are we following the the line of Abraham? And we're going to really follow the line of Abraham all the way through the Old Testament and into the Gospels with Jesus. And so it's pretty important. What, whatever God is doing in the Bible, um, it's pretty important that we understand 
what he's doing with Israel, with Abraham's descendants. Uh, in Genesis 12, next week, we'll see that he calls Abraham. Um, but why does he call Abraham? What is Abraham doing? Why is it important that he calls Abraham? Well, there's the first 11 chapters that tell us what is going on. How did we get to the place where we are calling Abraham? And then why are we following Abraham's family for the rest of the Old Testament? Um, and for our purposes here, the rest of the rest of Genesis. So here, here's, here's my breakdown of Genesis 1 through 11. This will be brief, and we went through this in much greater detail uh, in the, in the uh, in-person teachings, and that will generally be the case for these podcasts. Uh, I don't want them to be long, and I don't want them to be the, the full teaching. Um, because of the way that we do the teaching on Wednesday nights where there's some dialogue and there's questionings and we may, we may chase down a rabbit down a rabbit trail for a little while. Um, it's not ideal to, to record, um, the audio of that. You can't, you wouldn't really be able to hear what the other folks are saying. And it just is kind of a, it's neat to have this in person, um, adventure, you know, as we, as we go through the story. Um, this right here is, is, is particularly just a recap to fill in or to catch up. Um, so Genesis 1 through 11, what do you need to know about Genesis 1 through 11 to make sense of Genesis 12 through 50? Well, um, we need to know that God created the heavens and the earth. In three days, he formed it. In the next three days, he filled it. And what he's doing is he's, he's creating a house, he's building a house, and then he's turning it into a home. And in this home, he is going to dwell with his people. That's what's happening in Genesis chapters 1 and 2. He has uh, created a place and a space where, where his space will overlap and interlock with man's space. And so it's, the, it's heaven and earth coming together. And um, what is happening in, in specifically here is we have something like a temple, um, something where in the ancient Near East, the, the, the people conceived of temples as a place where the gods dwelt in the midst of the people. And that's, that is what the temple is in the Old Testament. That's where God dwells in the midst of his people. And that is what the tabernacle is before that. That is where God dwells in the midst of his people. And that is what Eden is. Eden is a place where he dwells in the midst of his people, where his life and light um, causes his people to flourish and thrive forever and ever. And we have this Eden, this garden um, created where God walks in the midst of that garden, uh, Genesis 3 says, and he is with people. And um, Adam has been tasked to be a priest in this temple. He's been tasked to guard and to serve um, in this place. And he's told that as he's created in the image of God, he's told to, to exercise dominion, to rule. So in these opening chapters of the Bible, we learn that human beings are a royal people. Um, all human beings are supposed to exercise dominion um, in the earth, in the world. And we know that Adam is a priest in this temple space. And they're called, the, the first humans are called to multiply in this place. Um, so the vision for humanity is that we would have, the original vision for humanity is that we would have grown up in the 
garden, that all humanity would have been born. And this garden, as Adam is like a gardener, um, and Eve um, is giving birth, that eventually this garden would expand and God's presence amongst his people would kind of cover the globe as they ruled and subdued the earth. That's the vision. And you can imagine it wouldn't take too terribly long um, as people began to populate this garden that houses would be built, that maybe even a city would come about, uh, a city where God's life and light, where his presence was with his people. That's his vision for humanity. And But we know that's not what happens. So God uh, takes Adam and he creates Eve out of Adam's side. And um, Eve, we know the story, he, she's tempted by the Nachash, the, the serpent, the dragon, this fallen angel um, who is convincing her to do something she ought not do, which is, which is take the fruit um, that she shouldn't take. And it causes her to, to um, sin against God. And there's a penalty for sinning against God. Uh, there's a penalty for dying. Um, of dying when you sin against God. And the, the, the situation here is, when I teach my children this story, and, and we've gone over this story, uh, I have a 10-year-old and a 6-year-old, I like to say, man, good thing Adam, the guard and the, the, the guard of the garden, you know, the guardian of the garden, came forward and he crushed the serpent and he took his guilty bride to the presence of God, and he said, "Take, I'm innocent, she's guilty, take my life instead of hers. So he would be serving her, he would be guarding the garden uh, once his bride, bride had, had sinned. And, um, but that's not what happened. But you can probably tell where I'm going here. That's what Adam, that, that's what the second Adam, the, 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 the last Adam did, as Paul calls Jesus, the last Adam. Sometimes we may wonder why why does God have to come as a man? Why does he have to be a man? Why does he have to why does the incarnation need to happen? Well, part of it is that a big part of it is that he's fulfilling this story. He is engaging with the story that he is telling and the story that he is telling started with a man called Adam who instead of guarding the garden garden and crushing the serpent and um, putting his innocent life in the place of his guilty bride um, he sinned. And so here comes Jesus to be the last Adam, the Adam that does it right, the righteous Adam. Um, and so he crushes the serpent at the cross and the resurrection, and he takes his guilty bride and gives his life uh, for her at the cross and the resurrection. And, and he does it in a way that leads to his bride being able to continue on forever and ever into the presence or in, in the presence of God himself. So um, that's a pretty important situation. But what happens is, is that instead of God's wonderful vision for human beings growing up and multiplying and being fruitful and, and ruling in the garden, they are exiled out of the garden and they are cut off from the tree of life. And as long as they partake in that tree, they live, but they are um, exiled and blocked off from that tree. And um, so then they multiply, right? Then we get Cain and Abel and Seth and, and so forth. 
and just human beings start to populate the earth, but they start to populate the earth in the wilderness. They start to populate the earth in um, in this dusty, dark desert place, you know, where where human beings um, struggle and strive and continue to sin. And um, in the Bible, the Garden of Eden is a mountaintop garden, okay? Um, it is, the rivers flow out of it, and rivers don't flow uphill, they flow downhill. And um, in several times in the Psalms and the, in the in the prophets, you'll hear them talk about the garden of God as a mountaintop garden. And they're, as they're exiled out of the garden, they're exiled down the mountain of God and away from the presence of God. And there's this constant reference to an eastward trajectory in this, in Genesis 1 through 11, where they keep heading east. And that is an important trajectory. Um, so, We'll, we'll we'll come we'll come back to that in a bit, but just know that the the basic trajectory of human beings is an eastward downward trajectory away from the presence of God, and we know the stories. The stories in, in Genesis one through eleven are pretty pretty famous. They're pretty popular. There's a couple that we might not you know know too much about, like like Cain and Abel. We know about that, and then we know that Cain travels east um, and builds a city. He's a city builder. Um, I think all human beings are at our core. We're city builders, where we are designed to to organize and to multiply. Um, and so Cain goes and builds a city. And then there's another guy named Lamech, and my, me and my kids talk about Lamech is lame because he has two wives instead of one, and he kills people like Cain does. Um, and then we have this genealogy where we have. Um, death, and he died, and he died, and he died, and he died. So Genesis chapter 4, right after the exile of the garden, we have brother killing brother, we have Lamech killing people, and then we have just this genealogy with death and death and death and death. Seven times death is mentioned. It's a it's kind of a decreation from the seven days of creation. We have the seven times that and he died is mentioned uh, in Genesis 5. And then we have this figure um, who is 777 years old, and he gives birth to Noah. And so we can, this number seven is cluing us into this creative or decreative act. And so God once again covers the world with the, with the chaotic waters um, that we saw in Genesis chapter one, um, uh, from which he brought the dry land and created, uh, created the heavens and the earth. Um, and he does this cycle over again. So he causes dry land to appear. He takes this these this first family or this next family, this kind of new Adam figure in Noah and his family, and he puts them on the top of a mountain. And Noah, being a man of the ground like Adam, uh, plants a vineyard. So it's kind of a garden scape on the top of this mountain, and he partakes of the vine, the fruit, um, in a way that he ought not. He gets drunk. Um, there's shame and nakedness in, in a sinful moment between him and Ham. Um, so this may all seem familiar to you. Hey, Adam and Eve, they were on a they were gardeners in a garden on a mountaintop. They partook of fruit in a way they shouldn't. They were um, ashamed of their nakedness, you know? And 
this just kind of the the Noah cycle kind of repeat it decreates the world and then it repeats the 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 cycle of of Abraham. Or, I'm sorry of of Adam. Um, so anyway, and then we follow on from there and we get this table of nations in Genesis chapter ten, and then we finally come to kind of the height of human rebellion, or if you want to say kind of the lowest point in human history. All the humans come together in pride and arrogance, and they try to build their own rival mountain. And it's it's called the Tower of Babel. And this tower is a symbol of human pride, and they try to put their own name in, in the heavens. Uh, they, they, they think they can ascend themselves up to the place of Yahweh. And, and God comes down, Yahweh God comes down, and to look at their little measly tower, um, their, their, their tiny mountain, and he says no. And he scatters the families of the earth in a confusing judgment, um, where he scatters them and confuses their language so they will not come together again in this manner. Now, here's an interesting point that we pointed out that I think is worth pointing out. So God creates a people for himself. He puts them in a lush land. Their ability to thrive in in that land, in his presence, um, is predicated on their ability to to follow his commands. And they break his commands, and they are exiled to the east, and they are taken to Babel. Well, here's an interesting tidbit. Babel and Babylon are the same word, Babel, in Hebrew. And your English translation... um, kind of conceals that a little bit. Um, it's, it's good to know that, that both of these places are called Babylon, because if, if I was telling you a story about God creating a place where he would dwell, a lush land where he would dwell in the presence of his people, and they broke his commandments and he exiled them to the east to Babel or to Babylon, you would say, wait a minute, is that the story of Adam and Eve? Or is that the story of Israel? Because that's what happened to them. They were put in the promised land. He dwelled in their midst in the temple. And they broke his commandments. And he sent them east. He exiled them out of this lush land flowing with milk and honey. And he sent them east to Babylon, to Babel, to Babel. Um, so the whole Old Testament story is kind of prefigured in the story of humanity in Genesis 1-11. through that's, that's remarkable. Um, and it's important to key in on those that this storied nature and and the 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 literary um, structure and arrangement of these of these stories that that there's something big um, hovering over all of this. Um, so when at the end of Genesis uh, one through eleven, we have all the families of the earth scattered throughout the word throughout the earth, confused in their languages. And that's kind of the end of the story of Genesis 1 through 11. So you had this beautiful project that God was doing where he would dwell with his people forever and ever in a lush land and they would live out of his abundance. And instead they rebelled and humanity has gone through this kind of, they've tumbled and fumbled and, you know, head over heels, fallen in arrogance and pride down the mountain of God and landed in this dust bowl of Babel, of Babel. And, and tried to construct their own mountain, um, and he scattered them across the world. So, so what is the fix? How does this get 
How does redemption happen? Does God just come up with a new plan? Does he say, man, forget this. I'm just going to do something else. No, he doesn't. Um, We will see next week that the very call of Abraham himself is to fix this particular problem. And we are going to track Israel for the rest of the Old Testament. When you read the rest of the Old Testament, all the way up to Jesus, when Matthew 1.1 says that Jesus was the son of Abraham, it's referring to this. Jesus is the one who's going to bring in all, bring all the families of the earth back into God's presence, up his mountain for blessing. That's and that's that is echoed in in the Great Commission, where we go to all the nations and we baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. They are allowed, and we as Christians now are part of this global family that is being ushered into God's presence through King Jesus. So Genesis 1 through 11 is vital. There are many things that we could discuss and that we have discussed in the past um, get-togethers, but I don't want this to be long, um, and I, I want us to be able to have some freedom um, to to talk to speak freely, um, so I'm not going to record the Wednesday nights, but uh, hopefully this recap has been helpful for you. Maybe go back and listen to it again, maybe read Genesis 1 through 11 and see if you can pick up this kind of eastward and downward trajectory of humans as they continue to um, just compound their rebellion against God and just grow farther and farther and farther away from him. And it gets farther and farther, it gets further and further darker uh, as the story goes on and culminates in this big scattering, confusing judgment, which next week will, God will address that in the call of Abram. So hopefully that was helpful. Thank you so much for for listening to this. And uh, if you enjoy it and and you, you'd love to invite somebody to the teaching, um, again, 5.30 to 6.30 at Christ the King Grace in Pauly's Island. I'd love to see you there on Wednesday night. All right.